Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. Well, good morning, church. It's great to be with you all this morning. I got to tell you something very, very important. I grew up loving Saturday mornings. I don't know about you, but Saturday mornings was my favorite. I used to come downstairs early in the morning. My memories were largely, largely cartoons, some sort of cotton pajamas, and then the smell of syrup. Every time I smell syrup, I think about Saturday mornings. It's been even become like a, a tradition in my own household, right, where we wake up and Saturday mornings is pancake Saturday, every single Saturday. My mom used to make the best pancakes. I think it's because she used a considerable amount of butter, so much butter. The edges were all so crispy, and they had just a little bit of fluffy to them. They were just a little bit underdone. It was all oh, so good. But I used to wake up early, wake up early and run downstairs. The more early, the better, because that meant I have more cartoon time. And I would run downstairs and watch Mr. T. Where are my Mr. T people? My The real Ghostbusters, the Smurfs, Inspector Gadget, He-Man, and then Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Man, I loved them. The best, though, the best was Super Friends. Now, you could say that all the other ones were good. Oh, I get you, I get you, I hear you. But for me, it was Super Friends. Hey, in the chat right now, post your favorite Saturday morning cartoon. For me, and it'll be really interesting to see the era of people that are going to age themselves by the cartoons they put in. But the Hall of Justice and Superman, he was my favorite fighting the Legion of Doom. He was so awesome. I'm not sure how many Halloweens that I was, but I think it was probably the majority of Halloweens growing up until I decided I wanted to be Luke Skywalker or Darth Vader. It was always Superman every year. But I thought for sure, since when we grew up, we could be anything. That's what they told us, right, in school over and over again. That I thought, well, I think I would like to be Superman. Because if you can be anything, then I would like to be Superman. Because he can fly. And he saves people. And he does amazing things. And I thought, well, I'll just be Superman. So when I was a little kid, I'd run downstairs. Now, and there was a space. I think I've told you about this before, but I can't I can't tell you. This was such a cool thing for me. It was a space between the, like, the opening of our little den. And then there was a carpet and then on the other side of the room was a couch now if you did it just right which I could because I had practiced it a number of times I would get a running start through the kitchen as fast as I could and I hit the edge of that carpet all the way across it had to be at least four or five feet <laughs> I would jump, but I felt like I was flying. I'd, I'd full out stretch jump, and I'm flying. I had a cape and everything. As a matter of fact, I still have an adult size version of the Superman cape. Don't judge me. It's a thing. It's awesome, and I love it. And I also loved when I was growing up. It was a live action show that I could watch at nighttime on Saturdays was The Greatest American Hero. You know what I'm talking about. Believe it or not, I'm walking on air. Never thought I could feel so free. Come on now. Flying away on a wing and a prayer. God, who could it be? Believe it or not, it's just me. Dude, that was the best. It was probably the best. 
because he seemed like such a normal guy. Like Superman was like all oh, muscles and he's incredible looking. And this guy was kind of this doofy looking dude. And I could relate about being a superhero because you might look like Superman or you might look like the greatest American hero. But however it was, you could be a superhero. So it makes a lot of sense that my kids love superheroes too. They always have their superheroes. I think all kids love superheroes, but my, my kids love superheroes. And, and, and one of the things that I think is really important for us to do as parents is to, is to speak that life into them, help them to really understand what it means to be who they are, just as they are. Every night we tell our kids that you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful, you're handsome, you're creative. We would tell our kids this. And I even tell my girls one little extra thing, which is you have woman power in you and there may be no stronger power than woman power. Come on. As they grow up, though, the kids have grown up. And our kids, one of them off to college, the other one's in high school. And I got my little kids are growing up to be big kids, too. We start adding in this. Remember who you are. And remember whose you are and use your powers for good. I'm going to read you scripture from Mark 1, chapter, uh, chapter 1, uh, verses 21 through 28. This is coming from the NIV. If you're following along at home and you want to pull out the Bible with me, uh, the NIV. And it goes like this. They went to Capernaum. And when the Sabbath came, Jesus went to the synagogue and began to teach and the people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Now, that's another sermon we could unpack right there. Just verse 22, but we'll keep going. Verse 23, then, just then, a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed. Remember that at the beginning. They were amazed by him. They were all so amazed. In verse 27, says they asked one another, what is this? A new teaching and with authority. He even gives orders to impure spirits, and they obey him. Verse 28 says, news about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. Go figure. <laughs> this is the word of the Lord to which we say, thanks be to God. There's such power in Jesus' words, the power to speak words that would cast out demons. Power in the words of Jesus. Think about this, because Jesus is the word of God made flesh. Jesus is the word of God made flesh, the living, breathing, physical manifestation of the word of God. There's such power in him, even power in the name of Jesus. Now, I won't stop there. You all know this. Let me just let me just go on a little side tirade here for a second because I started thinking about this. You all know opposites track, right? Absolutely. Everybody knows opposites attract, right? No, not true. My wife, Pastor Melody, and I, I don't, by the way, I don't call her Pastor Melody at home, but I think it's important to call her Pastor Melody in every other context because I want people to know that women can be pastors and women have a strength and a power and a leadership and authority too. Come on. Amen. Sidebar. Back in. My wife and I are exactly the same. 
exactly the same. We love all the same things, all the same foods. She loves mushrooms. I love mushrooms. She loves pickles. I love pickles. We act the same way all the time. We're perfectly aligned. We have the exact same interests and gifts. Uh, no, not at all. Not at all. Yeah, we agree on how to raise our kids and run our household and so much more. But here's how we actually work. We have complementary gifts. And we have some of the same gifts, but we have a lot of complementary gifts. For example, when Melly and I got married, we made a deal that she would handle the bills. Like, I, I, I'm happy to do it. It just takes so much energy for me to sit and, like, make all of those things work out. And then I kind of am a little bit of a perfectionist. And, like, I got to have them work out exactly right. I want to know exactly where everything It's like, it's just, it's, just, it's just crazy. For Melody, it's no big deal. She can get in. She knocks them out. Bada bing, bada boom. She pays the bills. Set up the auto payments. Bada bing, bada boom. No problem. However, if there's a situation where we have to contest a bill or, 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 or deal with a company, well, that's my time. That's my time. See, and it, and it can either go one way or another, right? I can be very relational and call up the person that's on the phone and do a little back and forth exchange and, you know, really appreciate you taking care of this. And we work these things out. I work like the gatekeeper. I can get to the person that we ultimately need to talk to. I can do that really well. But I also kind of love to negotiate. I kind of love to figure those things out and figure out how to negotiate. As a matter of fact, so, so Melody and I, whenever we get a car, if we have to get a car uh, that's new to our family, we rarely ever buy a new car, but we'll buy a used car. We'll go and we'll look at a bunch of different cars and she'll be like, okay, I like that one. I think that one's the one. Then normally the salesperson would come out and they would say, well, so what do we got to do to get you guys to take this car home today? All right. Now, Melody will have nothing to do with that. So Melody is just like, I'm going home and you work it out because it is just not her thing. In the same way that doing the bill stuff is not my thing. I could do it, but it would take so much energy and frustration out of me. It's just not worth it. You go and take care of buying the car. And I have to tell you, it's my favorite. <laughs> I'd love to do it. I've been known to even like go with friends and family to help them buy a car. It's a great use of my gifts, a complimentary use of gifts. And it's awesome. It's fun for me. And for those I represent, they typically get a good deal on a car. It's using our gifts together. For God, it feels good. It's amazing. And all of us have different gifts and we have complimentary gifts. That's why God made us all so, so very different is that we all have a different set of gifts. And some of us have gifts in areas that others don't have. And you know what? That's all right. That's not meant to like tease each other or put each other down or, or find some sort of value over one another, but it's to realize that we work together as God's people with all of our gifts. We can accomplish so many things. And you can use those gifts for personal gain, right? I mean, like, that's all right. You might have gifts that make you really good at this. Well, you know what? Use those gifts to the best of your ability and bring glory to God in those. It's not a bad thing to use the gifts that you have. But if it's only for personal gain, well, that's a whole other thing. And again, probably a whole other sermon. We all have complementary powers that we can be using for really, really good things. But we could also use our powers for not good things. And that's the tricky part. That's where our calling and relationship with God can really matter. When we're immersed in the word, when we're immersed in church community, when we're reminded to use our powers for good, it's easier for us to do so surrounded by those uplifting gifts and words. 
And then there it is again, words. We all have complimentary gifts. Some of us have greater words or get greater gifts than others in particular areas. You guys get that. We get that. But we all have one big power that we can use for good things or not so good things. And that's the power of our words. I've talked to a number of people in our church that have um, had different voices speaking to them throughout the years. Different voices speaking to them. Some were good, good voices that were helpful and, and surrounded them with um, a great sense of confidence and understanding that the powers that they had were good and that they can use their own gifts for so many good things. But there's a lot of others and maybe even more, more than not, that have had other people say awful things and speak awful things into their lives. You're worthless. You're not going to amount to anything. You're a failure. You mean nothing to me. Our words are one of the most incredible, if not the most incredible power that we possess. Our words can destroy lives. Our words can save lives. And we have the power to speak into people's lives daily because what we say matters. The words we use matter. Anybody have names that they were called, you know, when they were growing up? We, um, we ask our staff this week um, at, uh, at, at church what, um, what, what kinds of names that they had been called, you know, and things that they, you know, people had said to them over the years that just, just broke them down. And they can't, they were, they were very open <laughs> and shared some stuff. And, you know, uh, as you're listening to these, there's a balance of like, well, that's kind of funny. And then also there's a balance of how horrible that you've lived for that for so many, you live with that for so many decades, man, it is rough. And I, too, have had my fair share. I know you have. Having people call you awful names or speak things into your life that just are so destructive. They say, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me is straight up um, inaccurate. <laughs> but in Scripture, we get to see the power of words. Jesus speaks life where there's death. Note, in the midst of all this, no one seems to know who he is yet, right? We're just in chapter one, and he walks in to teach, and he's teaching, and it's doing, I mean, it's going well, right? He's with the people, and they're seeing that he has some greater authority than they're normally taught with, and they're like, boy, this guy's really good. I'm, I'm definitely going to buy, uh, I'm going to buy his album, man. This guy's like on it. He's got an authority, and then all of a sudden, the truth of that authority comes to life, and it doesn't come to life through his disciples or from anybody else around him. It comes through the voice of the demons. The demons know who he is. The demons got it long before we did. They knew the power that he had. What do you want with us? Leave us be. Leave us alone. They were terrified of Jesus. The word of God made flesh. 
And Jesus says, come out. And boom, the demons obey. What a powerful, beautiful, and amazing moment. Remember that word started and finished that whole thing. He was teaching and they were amazed. They cast out demons and they thought, they said, this is amazing. That's who the word of God is. That word, come out. And it happens a few more times in Mark. It happens in um, in, uh, in in the cemetery in chapter 5, right? In, in, in the Gerasene demoniac. You've heard of that story maybe. The man possessed by a legion of doom and demons. It was the original legion of doom. How about that? He was possessed with a legion of demons that talked back and tried to negotiate with Jesus. And with the boy in chapter 9 who couldn't speak and was just convulsing, verse 26 says, this is chapter 9, verse 26, the, the spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out when Jesus said, come out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. He's dead. He's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him to the, his feet, and he stood up. Jesus speaks the words of life where there was death. Over and over and over again, Jesus tells the little girl even, Talitha Kum, wake up, be awakened, aroused from your sleep. Tell Lazarus, take off your grave clothes and come out. Jesus' words have power to bring life where there was death. When I hear this scripture, I don't know about you, but when I hear the scripture of Jesus bringing that life where there was once death, I can't help but resonate the places in our lives where it feels like there's death and devastation. I had lunch with someone this week that just talked about the frustrations of this world, this country, the things that are happening all around us. And yet, here's the good news. When we speak, brothers and sisters, we can use words or we can speak the word. I'm going to say that again. This is the good news. When we speak, we can use words. Or when we speak, we can use the word. We can speak the word. Come on. That same power that comes from Jesus, as Jesus reminds us, Jesus dwells within each of us. That means we get to speak life where there was death. We get to speak justice where there was hurt. We get to speak the word into situations filled with words. We get to right wrongs. We get to bring light where there is darkness because the Lord of all creation spoke light into darkness and Jesus dwells within us. So can we then speak light light into darkness, into difficulties, into frustration, into sickness. We don't have to speak words, brothers and sisters. We can speak the word, the word of life. Jesus made flesh comes forth from us into those situations and can make the whole world change one little bit at a time. We must, church. We must, brothers and sisters. Jesus dwells in you even when you're not so sure about it. Jesus is there and that makes you a superhero too filled with gifts and power and you live in a world filled with the legion of doom I'm going to tell you it's the truth
truth filled with evil and villains and people waiting also then for a hope for a savior looking to the sky hoping superman or superwoman or super you comes and saves them so take the word to them let go of words and take the word to them quit trying to find the right words and take the word to them today brothers and sisters today's the day that you remember who you are and remember whose you are and use your powers for good amen pray with me if you would good and gracious god we give you thanks this day in a word in a world filled with words. We get notifications and news articles and all kinds of things delivered to us all the time. So much of it just words. Lord, help us to seek the word. The word made flesh. The living word of God in scripture that feeds us, that brings us new life. just like that open scripture that book may it be the manger that holds the Christ for us that we might see and know that you are good that we we might be reminded to use our powers and our gifts for good we give you thanks oh God we ask that you are glorified through all that we say and do and Lord help us to let go of words and bring the Alright, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond, we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.